Welcome. It's John Smallwood and Edward Bow, live from Red Bank, New Jersey. Hope everybody's doing well. Um, Ed, how are you? Can you hear me? I can hear you. I hope everybody, I'm, I'm well, thank you. I uh, hope everybody's well out there, you know, in, uh, in COVID land. <laughs> in election world. Um, we have probably one of the most incredible years in the history of, of like stuff going on. I mean, this is with COVID, with the pandemic, with, you know, shutdowns, with election cycles, uh, talk about volatility, talk about uh, craziness. So what we wanted to do today is <clears throat> clear my voice and really kick in and go through past election cycles and the volatility that has been there. Uh, we've been doing a lot of talking to different uh, think tanks, JP Morgan, American funds about you know about how this works and and the commonality is nobody has a playbook for what's about to happen um it's too close to call can't under you know there's no what to expect tomorrow or over the next few days so this is kind of an interesting spot i mean ed you had a good conversation with somebody last week too about that right i mean there's there's no there's no direction yeah no i mean um i mean i think there's some you know, from the election perspective, I think people are a little nervous. Like, uh, what year was it that the you know the whole hanging Chad thing with Florida? It took a while to get over that. Um, but I, I think some of some of the things that are being said that you know, if this takes maybe a few days to kind of get through, it's not going to be that long. So that that I thought that was kind of positive. It wasn't like going to be weeks till we know the election outcome. So. Yeah, I mean, you're seeing people prepare for it from different perspectives. I've been watching a lot of news and you're seeing, you know, some of the businesses boarding up in advance of the election for, you know, afraid of uh, potential looting and rioting and picketing. Walmart removed its guns from the front office of all their stores, of, of the front store. Uh, mm. Not that they're not selling them, but they've removed them uh, during the election period. Uh, interesting. I don't, you know, in the history of of my life i don't recall this being this <laughs> extreme yeah I, um, I saw the boarding up of a lot of those we'll call it high-end stores and, and uh and stuff chicago chicago yeah. the miracle mile macy's i mean macy's right now is preparing for the thanksgiving day parade right normally right and now they're yeah. boarding up their windows i mean that's um you know that tradition of that just that Thanksgiving Day parade in itself and the windows, the unveiling of the windows, one of my yeah. favorite things to go do. You mentioned Chicago. You were I was I was talking to uh, somebody within the industry that lives out there, and um, he, he, the, his take on what happened with the I guess the, the riots or the looting that went on in the Miracle Mile was that uh, you know what he's hearing is those those businesses aren't coming back anytime soon, and these are big businesses, you know. Big businesses. Yeah, I mean, and that's the sad part about the whole thing of the, you know, when they, when, you know, these are businesses, there's owners, you know, well, I'm not talking about the Nike Superstore, I'm talking about some of the other, you know, smaller businesses and people own them and, and you know, their business is devastated, their lives are devastated. So it's sad to see that. And then, you know, how do these, these 
communities rebuild, whether it's on a smaller scale or, you know, you know, Fifth Avenue. I mean, you know, I mean, it's just, it's, it's, it's kind of tough to think about sometimes, to be honest with you. So. Yeah. Yeah, it really is. So a couple of things. Um, I have in the handout section of this, I have all the slides that we're going to use today. I also put in two wonderful pieces. One, JP Morgan, uh, we're going to use some of the slides today, but I gave you the entire content of all their information that they put into it. Really well-written piece, lots of great information, uh, definitely worth a read. And then this piece is a eternal piece uh, that American Funds has put out that really is tracking uh, market volatility in all kinds of world events uh, since 1937. Um, it happens to track one of the mutual funds that they that they have, not that we're promoting this mutual fund, but we're saying the Investment Company of America has a track record since 1937. But what they've done, and you'll see it as we go into the presentation, is they've overlaid world events in each and every year since 1937 and some of the, uh, you know, when you look at some of the time periods and what was actually going on, you see, you know, history unfortunately does kind of repeat itself. Uh, but we'll 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 climb into that. Um, I want to welcome everybody today too. Uh, just say it's great to have everybody on. We appreciate everybody coming on every week. We're constantly looking for feedback. So any feedback that you can give to us, we would greatly appreciate. Also, I continue to get great responses on the book to It's Your Wealth, Keep It. If you don't have a copy and you'd like one, please contact us. We'll get you one. Um, if you have an opportunity, if you haven't left us a review on Amazon, we're getting great reviews. So I appreciate that and uh, thank you. This is, this is something that we did years ago. Um, Financial planning, the big picture, which was an animated doodle that we did. But what we were talking about is financial pressure, right? And financial pressure comes from all these events in here uh, parents, inflation, taxes, you know, events that I want to do with my family, kids not launching, uh, black swan events, which is what we're, we're basically in the middle of one of these, you know, the pandemic is a black swan event. Um, that's creating lots of pressure on the world. We're, you know, potentially running into more taxes, et cetera, as we move forward. So one of the things that Ed and I have been talking about is that I've been doing this now a little bit over 30 years. Ed's been in financial, you know, the financial industry for greater than that time frame. Uh, my father, you know, was my partner for many, many years. And, you know, a couple things, right? that we see over the time frame is that regardless of who's in the White House, things continue. Businesses prosper. Some businesses don't. Most businesses do. Um, you know, you can't predict the outcome usually. You know, all the great, you know, all the great information and the market does exactly the opposite of what you think it's going to do, right? Um, in, these, in the sequence of all these events that we're talking about, all this financial pressure, we've seen a lot of these pressures happening this year. Um, you know, people forced out of their jobs, back home, um, unemployment, you know, at high levels. I mean, the amount of pressure that we have and where we are sitting right now is what gives us probably the most concern 
as we move forward is how can come you know countries countries how can uh cities like chicago like manhattan like la really get back to the stride that they were in um without some sort of you know degree of confidence and confidence is the is the is the key here now if i just say like it's funny you go back to that slide for a second you know you got the um you know it's so funny we had you know we used to talk about this all the time with your dad too uh the black swan event right you know when's the last time something like this has happened it's a hundred years like 100 year storm hurricane sandy the 100 year flood right the 100 year pandemic i mean it's interesting on 100 i was thinking about that remember, we we had somebody in the office from one of the insurance carriers uh about a month or so ago and you know we, we when we when we illustrate things to the to clients we always we have to show them worst case scenario right like we want to be full disclosure like hey if this is the worst thing that happens this is this is how this should perform you know whether whatever we're talking about um you know whether it's annuity insurance whatever and remember what he said he goes he used to say well if there's a pandemic hit then maybe this would happen with meaning like you know that little probably one line in the disclosure that says you know this thing may kind of really get really bad well he goes i can't, I can't say that anymore <laughs> the black swan event happened um very hard to plan for you can't that's why it's called the black swan event so from a risk perspective just really hard as you know it's like well we we use a risk profiling software and there's a five percent variance in it right that's the five percent variance you just can't plan for this type of stuff so i just figured yeah, out that. yeah you saw the you saw the risk out at the very end of the at the risk you know when you think about risk in a in a in the tails, the tails of the risk, it's far out on that risk. And that's where things get really frightening in the financial plan. It's not just the market volatility, mm -hmm. it's all the other factors happening at the same time, right? I mean, there's numerous people that I've spoken to over the last three to four months where, you know, the kids are back home and the jobs that they were supposed to have are not there. Uh, some of them have been delayed. Some of them have been lucky finding new opportunities. Uh, the parents, you know, moved them out of the nursing homes back into the houses. I mean, it is the amount of pressure that's happening. People aren't getting bonuses the way they were getting bonuses. I mean, we're seeing, we're starting to see a lot of this pressure play out. And it happens to be the same concept all the time is that we know the pressure's coming. And pressure is both negative and positive, right? Positive is, you know, you get a you 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 get a market that's fantastic. That's positive pressure. It's rising this potential of your wealth curve up. And everything that we've been trying to do is to talk about the pressure on the curve. And if you think about this from a timeline perspective, right? Measure this with the amount of money that you have. And today is here, and we're going out into the future, which is, you know could be a 10 year horizon, it could be a 20, it could be a 50, it could be an 80 year horizon. As you move through this, there's sequences that happen that, you, and you can't predict how that pressure is gonna unfold, you know, how taxes will unfold. Uh, one of the things I think back about in um, President Obama's second term, he came out of the gate and he raised the income tax rate and he put in a national health care uh, at that moment, 
and the market was up 32 or 37% that year. 32%. That, 32%. That flies in, in the face of conventional wisdom. You would never think that that increased tax and that increased expense of the national healthcare system would actually cause the market to go up, right? Right. The unpredictability so, of it. The unpredictability of it was, you know, who would have, you know, and markets don't like unpredictability, which we'll talk about here. Um, and that was like, I, it's the easiest one to go to. We're like, oh, oh my God, look what was, what was happening in that last quarter before 2013. You're like, nobody, nobody talked, nobody talked about it. Nobody foresaw it. Nobody, um, you know. I, I just, the more and more I'm, I've been in this industry, the more and more I realize you, we could talk about a lot of different things and it, it just goes in whatever direction it's going to go. And we can make our hypothesis and our educated guesses, but it, it's all that. What you're saying is perfect because I was, as you were saying it, it was making me recall like, many different meetings and, and conversations and planning strategies that you go to and ideas and thinking and courses and it comes down to really one thing right having a plan that has balance that you have confidence in to ride through terrible time and that's what it comes down to is having, really that, having a plan that has multiple things going on at the same time it, it's really we, you know, diversification is always talked about in the investment world, but you need a diversified financial plan, right? And one of the two things that John and I always talk about is options and flexibility in the plan, right? right. If my whole plan is geared around market returns, well, then that's the risk that you've got to bear, you know, but if you have a much more robust plan than just market returns, then, you know, and have different avenues to go down, that's the key to this whole concept here, so. That's the key, that's the key. So what I wanna to do today is I wanna talk about the, the, the market volatility pre, post, pre and post elections and some of the information that is out there that I think is really, really important to understand where it came from, okay? And what impact it has had over that time frame. So one of the things I, I want to talk about, the first five charts are, are there's more content, more detail on the JP Morgan piece. These are all produced by JP Morgan. This one happens to come out of the Pew Memorial or the Pew Research Center um, with JP Morgan reviewing it. And what it's talking about is the percentage of Republicans and Democrats who rate national economic conditional conditions as excellent or good. I, I had to look at this chart a few times, right? So <laughs> if I'm democratic and I'm looking and I'm here in the year 2000, what do I perceive the economic conditions to be? So both Republican and democratic people were basically looking at this and saying, the total or average of this, everybody's you know highly optimistic that the economy looks good, right? As we go through this, oh, you know the the tech bubble is coming down. You get down here, you know. Here's an interesting thing. One aspect of looking at this is saying the economic conditions are excellent. 
The other side is looking at this and saying things are, are poor. And then there's a period of time where everybody believes that it's the same way. And now here we are in 2020, the Republicans are saying, hey, it's pretty good. 46% you know, believe that the economy is strong and then 9% down here and of the Democratic side thinking things are bad. Yeah, it's 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 pretty. Listen, you know, unless we're in like like right, you, I guess in the 2000s, everybody was you know, market was, was doing really well. It was right before the tech bubble, so everybody was in is a consensus. And then you can kind of see like 08 and 09 didn't matter whether the Republicans or Democrats were in, in the office. It was a bad time, and everybody agreed to that. I think what the chart kind of shows is okay. Then you kind of start falling along party lines during like you know whoever's in office and not and you know. Uh, you know, so. so what's really interesting is, you know, looking at the average annual rate of return that occurred and you come off the back of the dot-com bubble, you had something that was referred to as the lost decade, meaning we had two 50% downturns during that time frame. Actually, the S&P did almost nothing or in this particular time frame, this is, it actually did minus four and a half percent annualized return during now the red environment, right? So what's interesting is you look at this and say it's red during this time frame why everybody believed it was really dire straits. From this point to here, you had a 16% positive return. And then from 17 going forward, which is right about here, right? everybody all of a sudden you know everything was negative and now oh everything's positive but you had a 13.8 and but here's the key during the last 30 years you had a 10.7 percent return so we have to be careful the way i view this is it's the optimism it's if i believe that i'm in the pessimist 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 outcome here and i take a pessimist position and a stance I'm probably going to get a pessimistic outcome, meaning one that I'm not really happy with, right? If I'm optimal, you know, if I'm optimal, if I'm optimal, I'm probably going to get a better outcome. But you have to look at what's my vision, how long is my vision for? Am I building a, you know, a two-month plan? Or am I building, you know, the long haul of 30 to 40 years? And most people that we're talking to, regardless of your age, you're building a 20, 30, 40, 50, 60 year plan. So staying optimal, and I, you know, I think is really important in your in making your plan. Uh, but having defense is always important. Can't play the game without defense, right? Uh, like the Jets need some defense, right? <laughs> they got ran over yesterday. Um, couldn't even Understand, watch it. Under, understatement. <laughs> <laughs> Literally ran over, no defense and no offense. Right. But so when, when the quarterback's given his wide receiver a piggyback ride down the sideline after he threw like four touchdown passes, it's an understatement. I just have to say. But yeah. right. So that's a perfect example of having, you know, no vision of the future, not a good offense, not a good defense, and not taking the steps to get it there. Right. So you know, you gotta take you gotta take the playbook from the other team. Um, you know, their winning mindset is really interesting here. This chart. I think is really interesting. Now, technically, took me a little bit to get this also. So this is going to look at 
The hundred days. We're gonna have to explain this one a little bit just because there's a lot going on, right? So, hundred days prior to the election, what happens to the markets? You know, the previous hundred days, and what happened in the hundred days after the market, and then it's colored by in the election year, 1980, 1984, 1988, 1992, 96, et cetera, through all the election cycles, right? And we happen to be right here, right now on this, you know, we're day one out. So we've already experienced what's happened in the last 100 days. I think the market peaked in the middle of September, right? That was the peak? I think so. Right, and we're, so we've been on a declining mode, okay? So we're, we happen to be right at this inflection point. And, you know, the gray zone here, 2008, we had this horrific, you know, we're in the middle of the financial crisis in October, right? If I go back 100 days, it's August. Then we get into October and Lehman Brothers, you know, bankruptcy, and we're declining down and the market continues to sell off over the next 100 days. But we're in the financial crisis okay we're now that's the turn right there at the 90 day right what was it march 9th or right after march 9th so you know we're starting this would put you into like february this would put you to february right if we're going from november 90 days oh uh, you're right, you're right. Put you into january. yeah you're right push you into january into january but yep. what's what's interesting is you see the majority, right? Not all the time, but even in this 2000 zone, right? Which is leading up to the, you know, the financial crisis, you did have a downturn in this time frame. Most of these time frames, you do see the markets coming back and recovering, you know, beautifully during that time frame, right? In that next hundred days. Uh, if we remember the last election. You know, markets were basically sideways coming into it, which is kind of sort of where we are. And then the markets, you know, the blue line, which is this light blue line here, kind of hard to see, markets moved. And then the markets really moved, you know, after that in that next 100-day move. So, oh, sorry. Well, you know, I'm sitting here thinking, like, all right, what are the two worst lines we had there, right? We got 2008 and, and the dark blue is 2000, right? Right before the tech the tech bubble and obviously the financial crisis. And I'm like, I'm sitting here thinking, well, we just went to a black swan event in March. We're right in the same spot. We're right in the same spot. Yeah, like, are, are we, you know, I mean, obviously we had some big events that happened, you know, right around those times. So, I mean, could there be a, a, you know, a hypothesis made that, hey, we're past the big event or is there another one? I don't know. You know, just, I think we're in the middle of the big event. I think, you know, as long as the pandemic is out here and people don't have the confidence to go back to the cities, we have that pressure still. That's just one of the reasons that we took the defensive mode that we did in the portfolios to kind yep. of, you know, stay positioned, but ratchet up your defense, get a better defense so that things continue, you know, sideways or we go into lockdowns. That's going to create other created, you know, other ripples, other ripples. So, but it's just interesting. I love the data because the data basically says, you know, doesn't really matter uh, in all these elections. Most of the time it's good, but if there's a crisis happening, the crisis is going to override the election the way I view it, right? 
and that's what I see here is the crisis is going to override this. Now, Ed and I put this chart in pretty much every weekly <laughs> webinar that we've done since the and for years, but every you know since we started doing this back in March, and this this chart is the S&P 500. It's the intra-year declines versus the calendar year return. Okay, what's different about this chart is they highlight the the election cycle in which way red or blue that the election goes. Okay, but I I think what's really important here is in 1980, which I guess was the year uh, Reagan was elected, right? The market was down 17% at one point in the year, but finished up 26%, okay? Take that to, you know, the 2000 election, the market was down 8% at some point, ended up 20% in 2000. No, that's 96. What was that? 96. That was sorry. sorry, thank you. I got to get yeah. my I'm looking at two screens. So what you see is in that in that 1995-96 election, you're up 20%, you're down eight. But the key is in order to get the up return, you have to get the down return. You have to be down. There's not a single year on this chart where the market is not down some significant number during the course of the year to get to this 13.8% average rate of return. Look at 1998 is pretty glaring. You got, you know, you've had to weather almost a down 20%, you know, to get the positive 20%, 27%, you know. I think that how was the people, How many people get nervous down 20%, right? Yeah, that was the Asian contagion, right? July yeah. to July. Yeah. I believe you're right. So what's, what, what's interesting is positive Despite average intra-year drops of 13.8% and your returns positive for 30 of the 40 years. And if you look at this on a time chart, you've had a positive return over the entire time frame, despite the downturn. But I think what's interesting is when you look at the chart, you don't really have a correlation of red or blue versus the market. I mean, here you have a red where the market's down, but that's the 2001-2 you know, crisis, and then you've got a blue election where the market's down, but then the market's up, you know, and it's up dramatically. Um, so, you know, the history says, no big deal, doesn't matter. Market's gonna do what it's gonna do. Market's gonna do what it's gonna do. Um, the fuel of this is gonna be the economic incentives that we need to put out. I mean, it's clear that in certain industries, certain regions of the country, we really need to put more uh, infusion of capital into the right areas, to hit the right areas. And it's clear the places that the money went back in March and April really dramatically impacted the the markets in a positive way because the market, you know, middle of March was down about 34%. When this chart was done, which is like two weeks ago, October 5th, okay, market was up 6% still. We're now into a flat environment, but not bad for an election period. But that that 
infusion going to the right places, and some would argue that it didn't go to the right places, and I would look at that and say, you're correct, because a lot of places it went to, it was abused. Um, and there's still, uh, Larry Kudlow over the weekend mentioned that there's still $135 billion of unused PPP um, money that you can't apply for, but it's unused. And he's, you know, they were looking to redirect and redeploy some of that, but it's clear that that money needs to go to some of those businesses that are still operating at, you know, 0% capacity or 25% capacity. You know, the airline industry, uh, Ryanair this morning was out talking about, you know, he's off 80%. Um, that's, you know, flying all over Europe. Um, we, you know, we have some crisis here, but we need to get that money back. And as you get that government infusion, you, I think you're going to see the markets come back nicely. Um, I mean, the markets have come back nicely. So, but some of the areas haven't, like the value stocks, the bank stocks, things are still down. There's still tremendous opportunities. There'll be opportunities in real estate, even you know, in the areas where the problems are, in the areas where the bubbles are happening in real estate. I think you know, a little defense is going to make sense there. But it's interesting to see this that every single year you have to have a negative experience to get a positive. 30 of the 40 of them. Right. Anything else on this? No. So this is the last JP Morgan chart. And basically it's the S&P 500 growth of $10,000. Annual returns since 1937 through 2019. It's highlighted in blue versus red. So during a Democratic president, president, during a Republican president. And what you see, or what I see, is I see there are periods where the markets are off, like 1942 or three. And then, you know, the markets come back up and then they're off and then they're back off and then they're on and then they're off and then they're on. But the trend of this is that that $10,000 invested without taxes, which is another pressure, without, <laughs> fees, et cetera, right, is over $10 million of outcome, okay, that invested over that time frame, despite all the downturns and all the negative stuff. So they, so I read this chart, my position is red, blue, be a, be a long-term investor, stay true to your course, have enough cash, have enough reserves, take enough money off the table to live your life the way you want to and, and protect it. But there's some tremendous opportunities that hopefully we'll take advantage of as we go forward here. Ed, you want to add anything here? Yeah, absolutely. Um, have, have gotten a few questions coming into the election and whether the people are positive or negative about it, what they should do. And I've, I've gotten asked these questions at uh, some financial literacy events that I've done in the past and, you know, it's the you got to look at your plan. It's what you know, whether it's an overall plan or your investment plan. If, if we're st strictly talking about investment, just is this long term money? If it's long term money, you've you got to you got to try and stay invested. That's that that's what the chart you're looking at right now. It doesn't matter about which party's in there or not. Um, and so it, it's and it gets very emotional. It gets really hard sometimes to do that. Um, I had a client say to me that, you know, they're in their 401k, they're going to cash. I'm like, what did I think? And I said, 
if you really if you really are are passionate about you you know you you can't handle the you know whatever whatever outcome you think is going to happen and and you want to go to cash i would i would at least do 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 some not all of it that way you're either making a really good decision or a really bad decision there's no in between when you do that if you go all right. cash right and that's a short-term strategy and a long-term planning vehicle right and john will tell you you know have a lot I, a lot of wall street experience a lot of trading experience and timing is very very hard to do and again you're either really right or really wrong i mean some of my best buddies who were traders i could tell you from a you always hear about the winners you never hear about the losers when they start talking about their track record and you know they've had losers you know um and it ends up balancing gets balancing itself out of what you've actually made because you're not going to you know from a timing perspective you're going to you're going to win some bets and you're going to lose some bets that's what it is so um you know so i i usually say if you have to do something you got to leave some in and that way hey if if you're wrong and the and the market responds well well you just now you can leg back in if you want but you didn't take all your you didn't take all your ammunition and and move it off to the side and just you know but if you have a balanced plan, meaning you have the right amount of cash, you have the right amount of reserves, the right amount of cash values, the right amount of protection in place, and you have the right asset allocation, you should never be going to cash. I, and I agree. Like, I, that's why I started off saying, okay, what's the money meant for? Is this a long-term plan? Is it a long-term strategy? You shouldn't. You, you probably really shouldn't be doing it. But you know, how many people went to cash? In the last election, the market was extremely. Go back a couple of charts. There was a lot of volatility coming into that, you know, up and down days, right? Go back to this chart, right? Not this one. This one, you know, the blue, the light blue line. You really can't see it, but there was a lot of volatility up and down in here, up and down and up and down. And then, you know, if you were out, most of that return of what is affectionately called the Trump bump happened within 60 days of, of the market and it happened quick Did and you, you know what's it? funny about that again we kind of talked about it earlier in the, in the webinar and you know people you hear this different we hear this different information coming at us from all sorts of different venues and if, if you listen to what was going on then um actually they they said if Trump actually got elected, he even might have been said it. He goes, I think we'll have a recession. So may not be good for the economy, which tends not to be good for the market. Um, if Hillary Clinton had been elected, which everybody thought that was what, what was going to happen, and they thought that was going to be a positive thing for the market. And so we're here. You're hearing all this rhetoric, right? You all, all up into that. And I'm not saying I'm not taking one side or the other. I'm just saying you're getting all this information thrown at you. And it's all wrong. And it was wrong. You had the Trump bump anyway. It's like, so if you're preparing for the worst, let's say if he, you know, he, the recession, and now you're, now you're, you know, that's my point. It's really hard to de delineate this information and how it's actually going to come out. So you have to be prepared for both outcomes. Exactly. That's what we've been saying. That's what we, every single time that we do this, every time we, we talk to a, a client, if I have that strategic balance in the plan, I'm prepared for the outcome that's going to happen, whether it goes down or not, because it's part of the overall plan. I mean, market volatility, go back two charts, 40 years of charts, 
pretty clear you got volatility every single year as we get into these next charts that are produced by american funds you get a little different skew um on, on this and i think i think what's really interesting is one of the things that's in the piece i copied this out that's in the handouts is there since 1937 when they started tracking all this information for this particular fund there's been events every single year that you know weather related calamities businesses going bankrupt you know market declines overseas conflicts civil and political unrest um you know labor market struggles i mean this stuff has been going on for a long time and this is i don't ever see this going away either by the way the, the other problem with coming out of the market right and this is what we saw like in 2008 2009 again that was huge huge black swan event um there's two decisions there's one coming back coming out and one going back in and it's really really hard to try and get both of them right it's really hard that's why we're saying what we're saying here okay um i, I people that let's say did go to cash at, you know we'll call it end of 2008 2009 it took years for them to get back into the markets it wasn't you went like, to cash, yeah and then you got back at the wrong time yeah i mean yeah right and and that's why it is very hard this is that's why you need balance that's why you need you know i think i was talking about earlier if your only solution is market volatility then you've got to bear that risk and that's really hard to that that is really hard to handle at those these very you know these black swan events it's difficult it's really difficult yeah, one of the one of the books that i read years ago um talking about risk and i believe it was the ed easterling book talking about um markets and long-term market and the, the title i remember the name of the author um jp text me if you're on um, <laughs> but the quote the quote from the book was risk is not like fertilizer you know, if I sprinkle fertilizer on my, you know, my shrubs and my plants, the right amount of fertilizer, you know, it's going to grow. But risk, you know, market risk is not like that. Just because I take risk doesn't mean I'm going to get the return, right? And that's one of the things that people make the big mistake in the planning process is to take excessive amount of risk without really understanding what the consequences of that risk is. It's because typically, if I don't have to touch the money, in the long run, it's gonna be okay. The problem is when you start going back to the original chart, if I like click back over here, back to this chart, right? You know, it's the sequence. You know, we're in the middle of a black swan again, swan event, and kids are going to college and kids have lost their jobs and your parents come home and, oh, I'm not making the same amount of money I was making last year. That's something you can't predict that's gonna happen, right? So it's that risk, you know, we tend to look at things in that narrow focus is I can, you know, I can handle the risk on this other side, assuming all the other variables stay the same. That's I was I was ready. See that 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 kid sitting in the chair there? I was ready to launch one of my first ones out. And I say, as my favorite saying is, get him off my payroll, right? <laughs> 
get him on somebody else's payroll. And this black swan. Oh, so my curve, is, my curve has changed a little bit because, you know, I, I've got one still hanging around. Yeah. So this is, this was, I thought this was really great. And there's a lot more content in what I gave you. It's a fabulous chart that takes every year since 1937. But what they wanted to do here was highlight each year, you know, blue is the Democratic side, R is the Republican. And what was, what were they facing? So in 1936, Franklin Delano Roosevelt versus Alf Landon. That's a name that I would not have ever been able to recall. U.S. remains in grip of the Depression and the Nazi rise troubles Europe, right? So everything's heating up. He gets elected again in 1940. Another guy that we don't know anything about, Wendell Wilkie, he loses. Isolationism versus engagement, hotly debated. Germany menaces Europe and France are falling. So the world is really ugly here, right? And there he is again, you know, 1944, and FDR's health is in question, post-war impact, New Deal, debated. And then he, as you go through these things, you look at, you know, JFK in 1960, you know, versus Nixon. You get to Cuba, Cuba nationalizes U.S. assets, right? I mean, Ed, you can really talk about this being 100% Cuban, what this means, right? Yeah, you had you had a business down there. It's no longer your business. That's that's it. Yeah. <laughs> Every in all the U.S. assets are now nationalized. They became part of Cuba, right? So talk about the pressure to deal with that. And an American I, I to, the point, to, to the dict it became the dictators, not Cubas, you know. <laughs> yeah, so you got Soviet, you got the Soviet influence, you got the height, you know, the Cold War growing. I mean, the amount of the amount of pressure that's going on in these different timeframes is tremendous. The amount of obstacles that everybody faces in these different election periods, you know, looking at, I was joking about this, and hopefully I'm joking about this, right? 1976, Jimmy Carter versus Ford, New York City was threatening bankruptcy and the economy's mired in recession. I mean, if, if you read that today, you would believe that that's today. Right. We're technically in a, a recession right now, right? Right. And New York City, MTA, and all these places are having some significant issues, right? You know, 1992, Clinton, the LA riots, uh, NAFTA, um, you know, terrible things happening, you know, all over the place, right? Bubbles. Tech bubble bursts in 2000, markets plummet. Um, and yeah, like you were saying earlier, it's like somebody was just saying to us, like, this time is different. It seems so much longer. And I'm like, what's longer? Let's let's get that perspective first, right? Is it three months or three years? And and I'm like, there's been stuff like this going on for a long time. It's just you know. I think it's more amplified because we're we get so much information now thrown at us from different avenues versus we'll call it 1980 or 1970 you know so um, the amount of information the access to information the the inability to you know i don't care what side of the fence that you sit on the amount of information that's coming out and the let's just say is it really right what we're listening to um, and I think it creates people 
you know, looking at things in stilted ways because I don't think any of the information that's being presented is really, um, really accurate. I really don't. Um, I think we have a lot of misinformation going on. And that's, you know, I did a piece on this a few years ago where we were talking about, you know, the publications that are in the media and what's happening about financial conditions. And like, you know, if you were reading, if you were in 2008 in the crisis, the bottom of the crisis after Lehman Brothers collapsed and the markets fell and it's March of 2009 and you're watching, you know, Glenn Beck and he's talking about this, the economy and the debt, national debt is like a hockey stick and then we're in this hockey stick and the world's going to go to hell in a handbasket and the world is over. Um, it's good information, sold a lot of media, right? But was it correct? No. All right. Because there's other events that we don't know are going to happen. There's other sequences here. So the key is, right, as we go through this, so what they did here is they took their fund. This is the capital group, which is also American funds. And it's a 10-year period, begins in January 1st of the year shown and ends on December 31st of the final year shown. For example, the first period listed is 1936 to 1945 covers all of 36 and all of 45. Okay, so in 1936, if you invested $10,000 in this fund, you know by 1945 it was worth $25,000. The initial $10,000 investment, right, which is right here, you know, and it's color coded to the the party at the time, right? ICA total ending value 10 years after the start of a Democratic presidency, 10 years after the start of a Republican uh, presidency. Right. So in every 10-year period, after a blue or a red, during this time frame, the worst one is the 2000 to 2009. 10,000 only turned into 12,000. Every other one is significant. The best one is what? 49,000, which is 1980 to 1989 which at that point, New York City was threatening bankruptcy, right? The 10-year treasury was 15.81%. And you had 1987 in there, right? 87 is there. The 87 correction is there. You know, the yep. SNL crisis. The SNL crisis in there. There's a major tax law that basically, you know, takes away all the accelerated depreciation and all the tax write-offs in the 1986 tax law. It also dropped the tax bracket from I think it was 50% down to 28%, but all the deductions were taken away, right? right? So we're in the same, you know, here's the problem. All the tactics are the same. Everything's changing. The rules are changing. The rules are going to change, you know, in 10 days when we know, or 20 days, or five days, or two days when we know who's president. Well, you know, who has the House? Who has the Senate? Where, where are we? That's going to create change, right? And change... Is going to, you got to rethink your strategies. You got to rethink, am I doing this properly? Am I putting money in the right places? Am I getting the highest amount of efficiency with the dollar that I'm spending? Am I getting the least amount of risk? Am I paying the least amount of taxes today and tomorrow? Am I paying the least amount of fees today and tomorrow? Am I going to have the max amount of income in retirement? Am I going to pass the maximum amount to my family? Am I going to have the best protection for all this stuff that's going to potentially happen back on this wonderful timeline, right? Um, so we just, today we wanted to, we thought focusing on the presidential election and the outcomes thereafter, um, 
every single one of these outcomes since 1936, 10 years later, I like the outcome, right? Um, you know, this chart, you know, blue, red, it's good, right? Um, it's the short periods where we, where we need to be aware of what's happening. I, you know, as we close this and wrap up today, some of the things that I just want to say, if you're having concerns, if you're uneasy about what's happening, and we want to talk about, you know, updating the wealth curve blueprint, the blueprint is a really great way to get very clear on where where is the income coming from, how is it being taxed, where am I saving, what are where, well, what are my expenses, what are my debt, my principal mortgage interest, what are my real estate taxes, what are all the insurance costs, what's the lifestyle number, and then where are the assets and how is it defended? Do I have enough life insurance, disability, long-term care, are my wills and trusts appropriate? You know, if the if the estate planning rules could dramatically change in the next 30, you know, not next 30 days, but into next year, depending upon whether it's blue or red. I believe all tax laws are going to change because of the other pressures that are out there. Social Security Administration's got problems. Uh, a lot of the big pensions in the country, both government pensions, state loan pensions, you know, state government pensions, and also a lot of the corporate pensions have significant issues. Um, we have $6 trillion of stimulus that needs to be paid for. Taxes, that's really one of the great ways to pay for it, is to raise taxes and reduce benefits. Um, so a lot of pressure's coming, and we're here to help. That's what our job is. So, Ed, closing argument. No, okay. we've, we've been talking about, you know, I think we've said it in, in prior webinars and been talking a lot with the clients about this. Is You know, again, what doesn't matter whether you're right, left, or in, in the middle, it doesn't matter. You know, checks are being written. You know, this Q, this quantitative easing, it, it, it's got to, the, the rubber's got to meet the road at some point down. So that's why I agree with, uh, you know, taxes will have to go up at some point because you just can't keep kicking this can down the road. When, you know, uh, more benefits reduced, combination of that. Yeah, does it happen sooner or later? You know, I mean, um, I don't know. It just, this stuff has to be paid for at some point. Or, you know. Can we can we grow ourselves out of this? If we can grow ourselves out of this by increasing sales, is really what it comes down to. All sales across the United States, right? Can we right. bring revenues up? Can we um, can we you know protect our national interest? Can we protect our intellectual capital? Can we can we uh, Make sure that our stuff, our clothes, are you know manufactured and created by people that we love and 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 that are being you know treated properly. All these wonderful things, right? That's you know if we can grow ourselves out of this, we can maintain low taxes and maintain high benefits. But unfortunately, I don't know if if we can do that. We can probably have to have a com a combination of you know growing benefit reduction potentially tax increase to get ourselves you know on the right track as we move forward but growth is really the key so the entrepreneurs need to get out and create right yeah absolutely i mean you know it, i probably should say the the tax bill will have to be paid you know the, at some point how it gets done we still have yet to be yet to be seen right whether it's as you said 
kind of grow our way out of it or taxes go up you know I, i'm not sure you know that's that's probably the uncertainty and that's what you know and markets really markets really show indications of of uncertainty when things are uncertain the market kind of reacts to that right when things are kind of more certain you get more predictability out of the market so um just keep that in the back of your mind that's kind of how it, it goes up and down it's always been a six month kind of uh what a predictor in a lot of a yeah. lot of ways i think it's you know it was, it's been a little harder to see that but it, it is you know it's kind of looking down the road for us you know so um that's about it i mean you know it, obviously from everything that we've shown everybody today that it doesn't matter if it's democrat republican or whatever there's you know there's good and bad periods for each one of them it's it's there's no trend to it so yeah well this was i thought a good conversation i appreciate everybody being on today uh we will come back with a webinar two weeks out we're trying to uh tweak the content a little bit so that we get into more of the planning process depending on the election we will have a lot to say about next steps in the planning process and i think it'll be really an important um an important part of you know how we're going to do this because depending on what happens there might be a lot of estate planning work that needs to get done uh etc but either way good planning needs to continue so we're here for you we appreciate you being here any questions concerns please call us email us uh carrier pigeon whatever is more convenient um just one more point if you if you get a chance read the jp morgan handout it's actually a really good piece it has some the uh you know the text and it really explains a lot and i think they they walk you through this very well so if you have time it's, look at it. it's really well written it's it great is. and the american funds is just great information in it also so yep. enjoy share it we're going to post this as a um as a podcast later today so if you want to share this, this would be a great piece to share with friends and family, uh, enemies, uh, people that are blue, people that are red. I'm just kidding. But uh, this information, I think, needs to be in the hands of a lot of people. So thank you. Ned, any final? That's it. You know. You're signing off. Everybody be well. Be well. Thank you. Welcome to the end of the video. Smallwood Wealth Management is an investment advisor representative. The opinions expressed by Smallwood Wealth Management and guests on this show are their own. All statements and opinions expressed are based upon information considered reliable, although it should not be relied upon as such. Any statements or opinions are subject to change without notice, information presented for this educational purposes only. Moreover, no listener should assume that any discussions or information presented serves as a receipt of or substitute for personalized advice from Smallwood Wealth Management or from any other investment professional and is not intended as an offer of solicitation for the sale or purchase of any specific securities, investments, or investment strategies. Smallwood Wealth Management is not a law firm or an accounting firm and no portion of this presentation should be interpreted as legal, accounting, or tax advice. Information expressed does not take into account your specific situation 
or objectives and is not intended as a recommendations appropriate for any individual. Listeners are encouraged to seek advice from a qualified tax, legal, or investment advisor to determine whether any information presented may be suitable for their specific situation. Thank you for listening.